Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Chicago's Legal Latte, a series of podcasts brought to you by Lavelle Law Limited. Throughout this series, the attorneys from Lavelle Law will share their answers to questions about a variety of topics for individuals and small businesses. To participate in today's discussion, you can email us at podcast at lavellelaw.com. And business is our business today on Chicago's Legal Latte as we take a look at the difficult situation in which the owner of certain equipment or goods must turn to the courts for legal remedies when they're not being paid according to terms by whoever it is in possession of that equipment or property. Uh, very, uh, I wouldn't say complicated, but uh, interesting topic and one that um, we'll get some information on today. Hi, everybody. This is Jim Mitchell back with you again for another edition of our podcast. And equipment leasing can be a very successful, very profitable endeavor, especially in certain industries. But that success and profitability is only achieved when those in possession of the goods make payments consistent with the lease agreement. And when they don't, well, then we turn to people like our guest today, Attorney Jennifer Burt of Lavelle Law Limited, who's going to help us uh, understand some of the remedies that might be available in situations like this. So first of all, Jennifer, thank you for being here. Nice to talk to you again. Thank you for having me, Jen. So uh, let's let's start with that basic tenet that I kind of described there. I'm I'm a leasing company or a provider of other goods, and somebody out there is not paying me uh, for for services or for uh, equipment or materials that I've provided that they have in their possession. What what remedy do I have then to start trying to take care of that? There's a statutory remedy in Illinois. It's called Replevin. R e p l e v i n, and you can use the court system to file a replevin action to try to obtain your goods or, or uh, equipment back. And tell me about the replevin process. Is there a specific complaint and a, a detailed process that someone has to follow, uh, you know, outside of just what would normally be a, uh, a lawsuit they would file, but is there a specific type of action that this entails? Yes, uh, you file a, a verified complaint, which is similar to a regular complaint, but it's verified stating that you state under oath that everything in the complaint is true and correct. And that complaint will describe the property that you want to repossess. It'll state that the person who's seeking the equipment back is the actual owner of the property. The complaint will also say that that person is entitled to possess that good or, or chattel or property and that that same property is being wrongfully detained by the defendant in the case. The complaint also has to state that the property has been taken for like a tax or assessment or a fine uh, levied by the state against the property. And uh, uh, you have to verify all of those things under oath, each of those factors in your verified complaint, and then you file it with the court. Okay, and let's let's kind of walk through that a little bit just to make sure we've got some of the details here and get the specifics of it. Um, first of all, you you mentioned that you are the the rightful owner, so you you have to uh, you know provide some documentation that says you you purchased and, and own the equipment, and then I assume copies of the lease or contract or other agreement that put it in the possession of someone else as, as sort of supporting documents for your case. That's right, but actually you don't have to have a title. Um, in some cases where you actually loan the money for them to purchase the equipment, you would have uh, uh, typically a UCC filing, uh, which would say, and, and a security agreement, which would say that you have 
you you have uh, uh, loaned the money. So similar to like a house, but they would have to foreclose on a mortgage. That's a little bit further. But it's you've loaned the money, they've purchased it, so you have a security interest in those in that property. So you can supply those documents stating that you have a security interest that because they didn't pay that you're entitled to receive the equipment back. So it's not always an ownership issue. You can just attach the lease or the loan agreement or the security agreement. Okay. All right, and then I, I, one thing that you mentioned there that uh, kind of flew by, and I want to get into that, and you mentioned that, uh, if I understood it correctly, that um, you know the, the goods or the equipment are not um, being held for any other tax or other fines that might be levied. I, I guess if someone is in a situation where they're not being paid, uh, potentially that person who's not paying them might be having financial problems. If you um, have all the right documentation and you can show show the appropriate things for the replevin request, is it possible you might have to stand in line behind other creditors or even the government if there is in fact a, you know some tax filing against them and your equipment could be at risk in that regard? Let, let me uh, clarify. So the, the it has to state that the goods or chattel has not been taken for a tax assessment or fine levied by the state against the property of the plaintiff. Not the okay. defendant. Against yeah. the Okay. Uh, very clear. Right, okay. right. Right. All right. All right. Now, let's talk about the defendant just for a minute um, because it, it, just in the very brief description discussion we've had so far, we talked about the request being made to the court. Um, once that request is made, does the court simply honor that if the documents and, and the proof is in, in in order, or would there be the chance for the defendant to come in and perhaps explain or refute uh, the claim? Typically with all complaints that are filed in, uh, in court, you always have to give due process, which essentially is notice to the other side. Mm-hmm. So when you file a complaint, whether it's repugnant or not, you are typically required to serve that defendant, whether by if they're a corporation through their officers or president or if they're an individual, serve that person or someone living with them over the age of 13. After you serve them with the complaint, then they get 30 days to respond to the complaint. After they have not responded to the complaint within 30 days, you can go in and seek uh, a default, or in this circumstance, you'd have to just file a motion seeking that order of replevin to be entered, and you'd give the defendant five days' written notice of that hearing. Okay. Now, uh, orders of replevin are the topic today on the podcast. I'm talking with Attorney Jennifer Burt of Lavelle Law Limited. Uh, she's been sharing information with me on the on the process to be followed when um, uh, someone is in arrears and payments are not being made on on equipment or other goods, um, and and the rightful owner is seeking to reclaim that equipment. Now, you'll find information on topics like this in. Uh, some articles authored by Jennifer at LavelleLaw.com. Uh, if you go there under the Resources tab, there's a great collection of articles from, from both Jennifer and other attorneys in the firm that uh, uh, take time to prepare that information. And, and they do the same on our podcast here each week. And um, we've got a lot to share and a great deal of information available here and, of course, at that website. Now, Jennifer, you were just talking a little bit about the process. Um, once that period to... to uh, rectify the situation, passes, nothing happens, there's, there's no action. Um, what happens next? Is there an actual physical process to go out and reclaim the equipment? 
after the order is entered, the order of replevin is entered, then the plaintiff brings the order to the sheriff in the county where the property is located, along with a bond in the amount of double the fair market value of the equipment. So if your equipment's worth $10,000, you need a bond in the amount of $20,000. The reason why the sheriff requires that is because you, they want to be indemnified in the event that they pick up equipment that's actually not yours. Um, and and the, typically when you go in for the bond, uh, it's not it's, you don't have to pay that amount of money. You pay like 1% to the bondsman. And then you contact the sheriff once you have everything together, and the sheriff will actually go out with you to where the property is located, and he'll stay with you while you disassemble the equipment if that's required or put it onto uh, the back of a truck and remove it from the location, and they're there to kind of keep the peace in case there's an issue you know, when you're removing the equipment in case the defendant is there and wants to stop you. Yeah, and certainly I'm sure that, uh, that that's going to be the case in, in, in a number of situations. So um, sounds like an orderly way to go about it. Now, I would think that in many cases, uh, you know, the, the business operator who wants to be successful would prefer just to get paid and not have to go out and reclaim the equipment. Does the replevin perhaps that type of order sometimes help to initiate and get, get the person back on course paying? And is it sort of a, a tool that you'd rather use to generate that as opposed to actually having to go out and get that equipment back? I guess it really depends how much money the equipment is worth and how much money you're still due and whether or not you think they're actually going to make the payments. But if, if you just want to get payments and you think that they will make the payments, maybe just filing this complaint, getting them into court, getting them served, will make them make those payments and enter into a settlement agreement with you. Or, uh, alternatively, if the equipment is worth more than the payments, you might just want to take the equipment back uh, for failure to make payments. Um, but oftentimes, as any lawsuit would be, it's helpful in actually resolving the case if the opposing side wants to resolve it. And in terms of the duration, is, it, um, is, is there a minimum amount of time that must pass before you can request this uh, order of replevin? Or, frankly, if, if the first payment is missed, if it's a 30-day cycle and it's missed, you could actually go ahead and pursue it? Or does the court really like to see a little bit more history there before they would offer this? Well, that, would, that language would be contained in the agreement. Um, Typical clauses state that an event of default occurs 10 days after the first missed payment. Um, but, again, that would be governed by your particular agreement. And, I, again, I, I, one of the things I always like to do as I, as I get uh, you and your colleagues on here is, is talk about what you just mentioned, which is this is just another great example of any business agreement that you're going to enter into. It really makes sense to to have a, a good attorney who's going to help you write an agreement and put together a contract that is not only binding but very clear in, in describing what the responsibilities and expectations are to, to potentially avoid situations like this. Right, and, and I think a lot of times people think that they can write it themselves and they want to save the money um, and not pay the attorney to prepare it, but what ends up occurring is they end up getting themselves into a major situation um, when they do not properly document the the, uh, the the deal between the two people, the agreement, then it's mm -hmm. a he, he said, she said. 
you know, if you don't have anything stating that this is your equipment, you might as well just be giving it away. Um, it's very difficult to get it back if there's not, especially personal property. You know, it's movable, movable equipment or movable goods. Who knows if, if it's yours or theirs? Mm-hmm. Great. Okay, well, let's do this. We've got just uh, just a short amount of time here left, and uh, can you give us just kind of a top-to-bottom recap, most pertinent things we should uh, kind of leave com- today's conversation with? Because it was a new topic for us, and maybe just give us a quick recap so people understand if they want more what they should be looking for. Uh, there is a way to collect your equipment, to collect your property um, by filing a complaint in court seeking to repossess that equipment. That can be done by filing a complaint, uh, alleging and verifying that certain elements exist, and providing notice to the defendant. And you can then obtain this order of replevin and provide it to the sheriff and actually receive and reclaim the equipment that you're not getting paid on. All right. Well, as always, here we are at uh, kind of the end of our time, so uh, another informative discussion that has to come to a close, unfortunately. Many thanks to uh, Jennifer Burt for taking the time to join me today. Uh, And, of course, uh, thanks to all of you for listening as well. Uh, Chicago's Legal Latte takes place 4 o'clock Central every Tuesday. You can find it here on Blog Talk Radio. And all of these conversations are then recorded and archived at Blog Talk talk radio as well and uh, you can also find them on itunes you can download uh, any conversation from there and again i mentioned lavellelaw.com under the resource tab you'll find uh, a complete list of all of our previous podcasts and feel free to kind of go back and avail yourself the opportunity to browse through really the hundreds of topics that we've covered over the last uh, couple of years so a lot of information there and we hope you'll take your time to find what you need and enjoy it and as always thanks so much for listening Thank you for joining us for this edition of Chicago's Legal Latte. If you have any questions or topics for a future episode, please call Lavelle Law Limited at 847-705-7555 or email us at podcast at lavellelaw.com. 